0: You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome back, everybody, to our Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Smith. I'm joined by Chris Alston. Hey, what's going on, Tanner? What's up, Chris? Chris is our 528 campus pastor, serves in a variety of roles on staff, uh, as well as being on our teaching team and teaching faithfully and regularly. So thank you, Chris, for that.
1: My pleasure. Appreciate
0: it. And thanks for being on the podcast today. I'm grateful... For your participation, uh, we just celebrated 100,000 downloads on on the Clear Creek Resources podcast,
1: which Uh, is a big deal. That is a big deal.
0: That's amazing. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you to all of you who listen. I hope that this podcast has been helpful in your spiritual formation and in your journey. Um, And I'm thankful for people like Chris who are willing to take their time and help us dive in a little deeper. Today, we're taking a closer look in the book of James chapter 5. So uh I'm gonna read it for us. Okay. This is verses one through twelve. And then we are going to just dig in for like the next twenty minutes or so. Um we'll see how 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 good the conversation in might go twenty five. Hey, who knows? Yeah, 30. we're just gonna continue the conversation before well, we started it. That's right.
1: Our yes. services. So
0: that's right. So uh let me let me read this passage and then we'll we'll jump straight into it. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You've fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also Be patient. and merciful but above all my brothers do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation this is the word of the lord thanks be to god um
1: wow man that's a that is a word from the lord isn't it that's Jeez. a that's pretty
0: intense the first half of that
1: <laughs> is dark it's it's intense <laughs> it's intense okay
0: well so let's jump into it so it, it feels a little contrasty the way you have these two yep. These two passages, the first one is very intense, very heavy. The second one feels
1: like kind of an exhortation to believers. So what is the main idea here? Yeah, you kind of would think the main idea has to do with how we handle our money, right? I mean, because yeah. he seems to like just come out and say, come on now, those of you who are rich. like." Right. And so you think that we're all supposed to lean in and go, okay, I'm glad it's not talking to me because I'm not rich because right. nobody yeah. thinks that they're rich. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's always somebody. but Yeah. He's not really talking specifically about our money, okay. and so the we tend to maybe think that's where he's going with that. Right. What he's really ultimately doing when you read through the whole text is he's really telling us about what real faith looks like in response to how do we wait, Yeah. how do we have hope in the midst of trials, mm-hmm. and even more specifically, like real faith looks towards Jesus Christ coming back, yeah. and therefore we can wait with hope patiently in the midst of whatever sufferings and trials we face. So there is a talk about money in here, but it's primarily about hope in the midst of suffering and trials. And you see that from where we've already read in James, you know, he continues to go back to that same concept of, you know, you're going to face trials of many kinds in James chapter one.
0: Right.
1: He talks about, you know, there's going to be uncertainty. Like how do you even know what tomorrow holds? Yeah. And yet now he gets into, you know, there's going to be some sufferings you continue to face. And we'll talk about that, who you're experiencing suffering from. Yeah. But ultimately, it's like, man, we got to look to the coming of the Lord, and the Lord is going to be faithful. So, who are these rich people in this passage? Yeah. So, what most scholars would say is, it's really a a prophetic word to non-believing rich, to non-believing materialist, to people that are like putting all their hope in. Their finances and the here and now, they're living for today specifically. And so it's really this prophetic voice that he's speaking to this group of people. What's interesting is, is like this group of people is not going to read this letter. Yeah. Right. I mean, the letter, as we've said all along in James, is for Christians who are scattered around the ancient Near East, right? Mm -hmm. And so why is he saying things to people that he's not even going to, that aren't even going to read it? Yeah. And so I think what most would say is, it's very, you know, reckons back to kind of Old Testament prophecy where, you know, God says multiple times to his covenant people, yeah. like, here's what I'm going to do to the people that are persecuting you. Here's what I'm going to do to the people in the land yeah. that are, you know, living apart from who I am. Right. And he kind of does the exact same thing here. He's like, he's he's talking about the oppressive, non-believing, materialistic rich, yeah but he's Telling that to his believing people, yeah, the people and, who are enduring yeah. injustice, from exactly. I thought when I was thinking about this, I thought about it's kind of like you know, you ever have a kid that kind of misbehaves a little bit, yeah. and the other. Child no, is. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, by that. your kids are perfect. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know. Even um, but but my kids. yeah they're perfect little angels. <laughs> but I mean, let's just say you have one child that misbehaves. You got other children in the room, and yet you turn and you address the child's misbehavior. Yeah. And you discipline them in front of the other kids, and really, what you're saying is like, I'm saying this to you, but I want everybody else to hear this, yeah. because you might also have the same struggles and temptations, and totally. And so, I think that's what James is doing here. He's he's saying something to. The non-believing rich, yeah, in front of the rich, so that they also don't get consumed by thinking that their way is right, or yeah. that maybe we can act like that too, and there's no consequences for that. Yeah. So I have the interesting passage. Yeah. Story for a different podcast. Yeah. But I
0: have a story as of as of recent about my kids in a very specific situation <laughs> similar to that. We'll talk about yeah, it later in yeah. some parenting series down the road. I need some pastoral counseling yeah. on it after. No, it was, it was hilarious actually, mm-hmm. but. Um, okay. So quick question on that. Yeah. It, 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 between those kind of two different types of people, yeah. which ones do we more resemble in, in that passage? Like if I was going to put myself into this text, who am I in this text?
1: Well, I mean, you're really on the second half of that. I mean, cause what he's writing to is believers yeah. who are scattered as we've seen all throughout the book of James. I mean, believers tend to drift yeah. in certain directions, um, and so he's really writing to the believers to tell them, as you see, starting in verse seven, it's like, Hey, you yeah, those of you that are believers in Jesus, yeah. like be patient. Yeah. Like, I know that you're experiencing the injustices of the oppressive rich. Yeah. Um, and so I'm writing to you to tell you, you know, be patient in the midst of that. Like, I know you're, you're at the hands of some people that are mistreating you. Yeah, You know, you're looking at their lives going, man, why? Should we either go after them and attack them or have a revolt against them? How should we respond when we're facing justices or trials or sufferings or uncertainties of life? And so he's writing to the believer saying, hey, you're going to have some tough times in this life. Mm. Your primary response is this. Be patient. Why can you be patient? You can be patient because the Lord's coming back, yeah. and he's going to one. He's going to be the one that executes perfect justice. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. So yeah. it's a, The second half is really us. It's addressed to us, but at the same time, yep. we hear that first part as a warning. Oh yeah, do not be like those people. Yeah. The people that you're experiencing injustice from, don't be like them. Right. Because, like you said before, we we are rich comparatively to no the rest doubt. of the world. No doubt. We live in the top percent of wealth. And so how do we behave with that is also dictated by our king and
1: when he's coming. For sure. Oh, yeah. So, again, I mean, I think, you know, we'll get to the question up until I answer it now, I think, is one of of the things that you're like, so what does God say to us about this and how does it junk up our own hearts when we read this text? I mean, I think for me... That is the call, right? It's like, okay, this really isn't about my money, but there is a warning about money, Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, one, am I I hoarding it? Yeah. Which is what he says in this text. Like, there's people that are actually accumulating as much as they can, and quite honestly, it's like, they got clothes they haven't worn for a year. Mm -hmm. They got food in their pantry that's starting to rot because they've just hoarded a bunch of stuff because they actually live as today and the here and now is all there is. Mm -hmm. And so I have to look at my own life and go, man— Am I kind of just hoarding as much as I can get on this earth? The second thing he says is don't live in luxury and self-indulgence. And so, again, I have to look at my own life too there and go, am I always just wanting more Yeah. and trying to live in some next level of luxury? Am I living to the end of my means? Mm. I mean, because that's the reality in our world today too, right? It's like if I I get a raise, like, cool, now I can just have more. I can live in more luxury. Or is there really a call to go – Make sure you're cared for, but yet every time you get a bump in salary doesn't mean you just get to spend it more on yourself. Yeah, care for someone else yeah. as well. And so yeah, I think there's a call to generosity and not yeah. just hoarding and not just living in self indulgent luxury. And then the last warning he gives that it's like, okay, if you do have authority yeah. and you do have responsibility over people, are you treating them justly? Yeah. You know, or are you just work using people so that you can have more. Yeah. You know. And so I think personally for the believer hmm. I have to look at going. You know what? I actually have some of those same temptations. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to forget that there's more to this life than this life. Right. I tend to forget that the Lord is coming. I tend to forget that you know my needs, you know, can be met without me pursuing more and more and more. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I think that is a, as I read that, challenge to the non-believing, rich, oppressive yeah. people. I thought, man, I could easily slip into that as a totally. believer myself. You know. Totally.
0: So there's, th- there's plenty <clears throat> of stuff in this yeah. passage. It's yep. chocked full of practical applications, chocked full of uh, just strong warnings, exhortation for the yep. believer. Let's dive into some of the specifics. Yep. So talking about biblical theology, we always like to look at yep. passages like this within the context of a greater <clears throat> uh, yep. story of redemption. So yep. God promised uh, a kingdom mm-hmm. and for a king to come from the <clears throat> beginning. Right? Yeah, it's always been the purpose for Jesus to exactly. come and bring His kingdom to earth. So when we talk about the the great story of redemption throughout the narrative arc of the scriptures, yep. how does this particular passage fit into that?
1: Yeah, it's this one's easy to pick pick out, right? Because yeah. again, when we talk about the arc, we see creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or yeah. new creation. Right. I mean, this really is a, a look at chapter four. Yeah. You know, it is that new creation that restoration, that yeah. whole idea is, because we see in the text, I mean, the Lord is coming. Yeah. The Lord is coming. Judgment is near. And so really, this is a call out to chapter four yeah. of the biblical storyline of like, hey, you know what? Jesus is coming back. There is going to be a, a recreation or a restoration yeah. of all things made new. He is going to execute justice yeah. in ways that he's going to execute justice mm-hmm. and therefore live patiently and hopeful because... The second coming is coming, yeah, and so we ought to live hopeful in that so that's that's the call back to the the biblical narrative, if you will yeah totally
0: I, that's that's an easy find yeah. but it's it's also it's not new to them mm-hmm. right they're as Christians, especially in this first mm-hmm. century they're they're coming to grips with Jesus is our king, mm-hmm. you know not <coughs> the, the Roman overlords <coughs> we have over us, yeah. not the political powers that be like Jesus is our king. And so his return is the reason that we live. Exactly, and it's the same promise that was given to the people of Israel. It's the same. He mentions the prophets as the same promise that's given to the prophets. Mm -hmm. Same promise. Promise that's given to us, right? That Jesus is returning. So we fit into that narrative arc just the same as those people did. Sure. Uh, Let's let's talk for a second about systematic theology. Little concepts in here, doctrines yep. in here that stick out to mm. you that we can maybe even reference from other points of scripture that that, that this p- passage helps shine a little light on
1: yeah, for sure there's all again it's loaded with theological terms yeah. and phrases and things we ought to dig into, so some of the ones that immediately jump out are judgment, yeah, like oh, so again, sometimes we hear the word judgment, and we get either fearful or do we get hopeful right. or and so judgment's a huge theme in this text that. You know, is there time to just talk about judgment? We talk about it a little bit, but yeah. judgment's in there. The last days—what does it mean by the last days? Yeah. You know what is what does the coming of the Lord mean? What? Mm. How is He going to come? When is He going to come? Why is He going to come? So there's a lot of, you know, the Lord's return yeah. in this text. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see as well. You know, kind of the whole idea of revenge and retaliation mm. are our theme that we can go. Okay, well then, if we're being treated in ju- unjustly, <laughs> right then what do we do? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, there's, there's a, there's a systematic theology theme of going, then how do Christians respond in retaliation? And we know there's a lot of things the scripture says about that. And this, Text alludes to that a little bit as one way that we respond. We respond by being patient. Yeah. Um, and yet, there's other times in our hearts that we're going, "I don't want to be patient." You know, yeah. I want I want to execute justice. I want to retaliate. I want an eye for an eye. Yeah. You know. And so there's a there's that theme that we find in there. So let
0: let's hone in just for a second yeah. uh, on the idea of judgment, on the idea of justice. Just mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of times when we hear those phrases we almost think of them as negative things because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to judge others necessarily. So what place does judgment and justice have in the life of the believer and in the way that we live? Can we talk about that for just for a sec?
1: Yeah. So judgment, when we talk about judgment and specifically in this text, there's a, there's kind of this prophetic judgment coming on really the non-believer he's addressing in this text. So there's, we need to believe that. We, yeah. we need to believe and, and see we see that all throughout Scripture that, you know, there is going to be a judgment at the end of the day mm-hmm. for those that have not professed their faith and their trust and their allegiance to Jesus, right? Yeah. And so that is part of the judgment. So that, as nonbelievers hear that, you know, as, you know, pagan nations hear that, like, they ought to consider, like, oh, man, what does that mean for us? Yeah. And so... So does um, that mean that right now he
0: is withholding a certain amount of judgment yeah. from from the earth. Like we look around, we don't see justice yeah. happening all the time. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the burn here for these Christians. Right. They're like, why do bad? you know, why yeah. are bad people, you know, getting all the good yeah. things and why are, you know, why is a, why are poor suffering? What, why, why yeah. do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? So yeah. we don't see justice. Uh, so you're saying though, that that's in some sense is being prolonged. Like, it, yeah, I mean, there,
1: I think there probably are glimpses of, yeah. you know, people experiencing the consequences of their ungodly behavior. Right. Like, so there are some current day obvious things like, oh yeah, I mean, there's some justice being done because of the consequences of ungodly behavior. And yet it's not all being made right. Yeah. And so, and I think that's where the people in James's day were. And we've been ever since is like, God, are you, do you see what's happening here? Are you going to do anything about that? Mm. And Justice doesn't come in our timing. And so that's the call to future judgment where, you know, I think James is trying to help us understand. It's like, you know, there there is a future judgment that God sees it, he knows it, and he's going to do something about it. It's just not going to be in your timing.
0: And that's comforting for us
1: because—not
0: because we're good, you know, or because we've earned to, you know— sneak out the back door of God's right, judgment, right. but because God poured out his judgment on Jesus yeah. uh, on our behalf. right? Like, we experienced the mercy because justice was poured out yep. on the cross.
1: And so that's where Christians sometimes get fearful of ju- judgment when they hear the word judgment in a text like this. It's like, yeah. oh, am I going to be judged? And you just made mention of that. It's like, no, there's, there's a different view of judgment for those that are non-believing and those yeah. that are believers. Because again, as you just said, right? I mean, like... Our, our sins have already been judged in yeah. Jesus, and so we receive Jesus' righteousness so yeah. that when God looks at us, He sees Christ's righteousness mm. on our behalf, yeah. therefore we love the text, right? There is now no condemnation for those who, for are, those in who are in Christ Jesus, yeah. right so we're, we're not under condemnation. yeah so we still stand before God at His coming. yeah there is a judgment, it's a judgment of the the, the, the way we've lived out our faith in a genuine way, yeah. but it's not for salvific purposes right. that our judgment That's comes.. Good. Yeah.
0: that's I, I'm glad we got to spend a minute yeah. there because yeah. I feel like that's one of those things where, you know where for the nature of presenting a sermon like this, sure. we can kind of like just move past it, but there's a lot of weight there. Yeah. So what what other things are there like that, that maybe could have, you could have spent some time on in this sermon, you yeah. could have lingered for a while, but you're like, ah, I got to, I really have to like get this point home. So this one has to take it. Yeah. So that you're trying seat.
1: to, you're trying to address the judgment a little bit, but there's a lot of other points in this text. Yeah. So, you know, the last days was another one that oh, we talked yeah. about where it's like, man, yeah. we just don't have time to talk about, you know, mm. The timing of when he's coming. Because, again, obviously a lot of people get hung up on, like, is it near? Because it sounds like they're, they thought it was near. That was 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And today people go, oh, no, it's even near. Well, I'm, tomorrow it's going to be near, too. And the day yeah. after that it's going to be near. It's always yeah. going to be near the next day. And yet some people want to spend more time trying to figure out exactly, like, because of certain circumstances happening in our world today. Mm-hmm. You know, are we closer to the last days? Yeah. And so we just we didn't give a lot of attention to that in the sermon. Yeah. Knowing that there's a lot of different beliefs and thoughts on what do the last days look like and things well, and like that. We've so, pressed into that yeah. in
0: detail even recently. Yeah. I, it was Early in, last year,
1: yeah, in our Revelation series, yeah, right? We
0: went through Revelation yeah. series. There was even, so I
1: encourage you if you're listening, go listen to our Revelation series. Go back to that sermon series yeah.
0: on Revelation. It was called uh, All Things New. Yeah. Also, we did a, a basically an end times forum. Yeah, a exactly. Forum on the yeah. Book of Revelation that you can find. That's a Clear clear resource as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So you can dive into all that yeah. stuff for those that you want to you want to nerd out on the end times. Exactly. You want to nerd out on Christ's return, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing to do. Yeah. I mean, James is using the return of Christ here as yeah, a source of comfort. For sure. So the more that we study that, it should not evoke in us fear. In fact, exactly. he's saying here the return of Christ is to to calm your fears, yep. your anxieties, your feelings of injustice, and to help you remember that Christ has your best interest in mm-hmm. mind, that he is the king, he is Lord over all, and that he is returning yeah. soon.
1: So. Yeah, it should be a word of encouragement to endure, to yeah. persevere. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we see that theme all throughout Scripture, too, right? The perseverance right. of the saints, right? There's this idea that, like, no, you're going to continue to persevere in the midst of a world yeah. that still is tainted with sin. There's still yep. death. There's still dying. There's still injustices. And yet, stand yeah. firm. Yeah. You know, yeah that's good.
0: Be faithful. That's good stuff. Yep. Um, so we talked about it a little bit earlier, but in terms of practical application, yep. I'm sitting through the sermon hearing you talk about this, reading this on my own, listening to this podcast. Yeah there 's always the disconnect of, like, okay, I understand that, I get that concept uh, I, I receive that as knowledge, but how do I how does it work its way into my into my body, like how does yeah. it work its way into my daily life? so for you, what 's some practical application that you would say for somebody here 's something you can do when you stop listening to this podcast when you leave church on sunday like here 's how it gets worked out into your life,
1: yeah. Well, go back to the front half. That really wasn't for us, but it is for us. It's yeah. like, you know, we ought to evaluate, you know, are we just living for today mm-hmm. or do we really have a futuristic viewpoint of what's going on? And so that shows up mostly in how we spend our money and our resources. Yeah. So that's obviously one call. The second call is, like, what is your response when you experience, you know, sufferings and trials and uncertainties and injustice? Yeah, It's like, is your natural tendency to defend yourself, to complain, Mm -hmm. to worry, to go fix it. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can respond to the trials of this life. And he's going, that's not how I want you to respond. Yeah. Right. And it's not this overly passive response, but there is this. sense like, no, you just need to be patient because you can trust in the coming of the Lord. You can trust in God that he's going to work these things out. And so there's a, there's a call to just, you know, patience, patience and endurance Endurance, and trust in who Christ is, but he, I mean, he makes that more active and tangible by going, you can do that by looking around you. Like people have been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. Like Christians have been faithful for years to deal with injustice and still remain faithful to God. Yeah. So we're in this this series called real faith, you know, like people have experienced real faith and genuine faith, even when life didn't seem fair. Yeah. Even when life was hard. Right. And so that's why you get the call back to, you know, the prophets. Yeah. You know, and he even I think he makes a specific callback in this text. I mean, I think he talks about Job, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he gives us a callback to go. You know what? I know you're feeling like, man, I'm the only one that's ever experienced this. Nobody understands yeah. me. Why is this happening? Because again, that's our natural tendency is think we're the first person that's ever experienced right, exactly. any level of injustice. Yeah, and um, he's going. You know, Christians have been dealing with this forever. Yeah. You know, even, you know, the Old Testament prophets, you know, dealt with it. Yeah. And so. So our, our view on, on life. Yeah.
0: Within the context of the rest of humanity becomes very narrow, Mm -hmm. kind of pinpoint focused on ourselves, on our situation. What you're saying is open the scriptures. Like the scriptures are the thing that helps us zoom out, look into the lives of the prophets by Mm -hmm. reading Jeremiah or reading Isaiah, reading Ezekiel, look. Well, maybe not Ezekiel. (laughs) That's a tough one. You can. Do it. Hey, you know what? Right. This is the podcast for you. Uh, But definitely dive into the prophets, dive into the book of Job, Mm -hmm. which is a long read about this prolonged suffering and asking, God, where are you? The Psalms. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you mentioned the other day we were gathering in the kitchen in our staff offices and you were just like, who's got a Psalm? Who's got something that they just read? And the Psalms are are filled with laments, Psalms of, God, where are you in this situation? Mm -hmm. And then, like we said, read the book of Revelation, jump into some of our resources on on Christ's return. All that stuff goes to to build our faith, to remind us that we're not... The, yeah. the whole story, right? But that we're just a part of it, and mm-hmm. God has a plan for all those things.
1: And I don't know what that does for you, right? But I mean, for me, it's like when I understand, okay, I'm not the first person to experience this, right. and there's actually been Christians all throughout history that have remained faithful in the mm-hmm. midst of that. It's like, man, that bolsters my faith. And yeah. so, but I would, I would say too, is like it's not just people we see in the Bible, like. Man, listen to people around Clear Creek, Yeah, like listen to their stories. Yeah, I mean, that's what biblical community looks like when Mm -hmm. we're in small group and we're hearing how other people have remained faithful in the midst of their trials. We're going, oh man, I needed that tonight. Like, cause I'm experiencing a trial and all I want to do is complain and try to fix it Yeah, and ask God, where are you? You know, and yet I'm hearing faithful people that have walked with God. And so I think that's part of the application for me coming out of this deal is like, man, there are strong, godly examples mm-hmm. of people that have walked well in the midst of difficult seasons. Yeah. And they've remained faithful. And well, so...
0: And, you
1: know, it's interesting,
0: verse 7, be patient, therefore, brothers. Yeah. It's yeah. always good when you're reading mm-hmm. one of these letters and then you, it, it occurs to you like, oh, this wasn't written to a person Yeah, or to me as a person. Mm-hmm. This is written to a community. For sure. Brothers, plural. Like yeah. this is written to a people who live together mm-hmm. in the context of community. So like you said, there are people even right now yeah, who are being patient in injustice and yeah. suffering, who are going through those things. So one of the th- ways is that you just said you can hear from them, learn from them. Mm-hmm. But another way is you can be there for them, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, ha- we could probably list off a bunch of people right now who are just going through something. You're like, mm-hmm. God, why are those people having to go through that? You know, right. this feels like thing after mm-hmm. thing after thing that they're experiencing injustice. Yeah. But we can go to them and encourage them. Christ's return is coming. Yeah.
1: Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. Like Take hope. And I think that's the, you know, sometimes we use the phrase gospel fluency, yeah. right? Like how fluent are we in understanding really the gospel yeah. story so that when we do encounter brothers and sisters in Christ that mm-hmm. are struggling, like, no, we get to remind them of the gospel. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, we get to remind them that, you know, they're, they're loved and saved by God. And yet God is also going to execute ultimate justice. Yeah. And he's also has a plan for their future, yeah. you know? And so part of our responsibility is gospel fluency so yeah. that we get to be an encouragement, you know, yeah. when we come across our brothers that are struggling and we we speak the gospel to ourselves when we're struggling. Yeah. And we speak the gospel to one another, you know, when yeah. they find themselves in a situation where they're asking the question like, man, why is God allowing this to happen?
0: I like the term fluency yeah. over over literacy. Yeah, Literacy is like Okay, I can I can understand it. Yeah, I can uh, read it. Right. Fluency fluency is I can speak it. Exactly. I'm now thinking through that right. lens. You know, it's like when you become. Well, again, the good language.
1: news is meant to be spoken. That's why it's called news, right? That's right. Yeah.
0: That's great. <laughs> well, you mentioned it just a second ago, briefly, but for you, looking over this text, yep. reading through this stuff, what what's the, st- the spirit stirring up in your own heart? Yep. How does it resonate with you personally?
1: Uh, you know, one do I do I patiently endure. In a way that doesn't just see this world as the end. Yeah. You know, and so do I, I'm a fix it guy. So different mm-hmm. personalities probably show up differently in the midst of trials. Totally. So some feel more anxiety, more worry, mm-hmm. more depression. Others feel like I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to go take charge of it. You I'm going go, to go, like, I'm going like, yeah, to yeah, so solve I'm, this problem. My wiring is more like, okay, I'm going to go make it right. Yeah. I'm going to go fight mm-hmm. my battles. I'm going to go fix the problem. Yeah. Um, whereas again, other people that I know is like, they, they tend to, tend to worry or feel anxious about yeah. it. And I think both of those are obviously wrong, right? right it's like, yeah. according to the text, like, no, that, that's not our right. That's not the right response for genuine faith in these situations. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And so, well, that's, I think though, we have to be careful. Again, I, I think I ought to mention this cause I don't think we mentioned this really in the talk as much as we should, or yeah. as much as we had time to is, so then are Christians just supposed to, you know, be wet noodles that just mm. get run all over? Yeah. And yet, no, we live in a, we live in a world, there is justice systems. Yep. There are systems for things to be made right, yeah. you know? So we're not just sitting on our hands waiting for God to take care of everything. Like, yeah. there's still activity that we do, and there's still justice systems that fight. Yeah. There's yeah. passages of Scripture that tell us we defend the rights of the poor and mm-hmm. needy, you know? So there are active ways that we can still be involved. We just yeah. have to guard our heart to go it's not ultimately up to us to fix everything. Yeah. Because sometimes when we want to fix everything, we're trying to create heaven on earth. Yeah. We are praying God's kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But yet we also know we're never going to create heaven here on earth. Yeah. And I think why we begin to hoard up things and why we begin to be self indulgent and extravagant is because we're somehow trying to create heaven here. Mm And all he's trying to say is and all it's like, hey, don't forget, the Lord's coming. Yeah. There's, there's something more. here. Yeah, yeah. He's going to do his work. So yeah. I think all of those get into my mix. Yeah. Because I tend to, you know, not think about the future. Right. Like I, in an appropriate way.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you mentioned before, the, these people, the way that they're experienced suffering and injustice no. is not like, oh, my my car broke down today, so I got yeah. yeah, to like, take my other car. Yeah. I got to take my other car. They've... <laughs> they've tried the justice systems, but the justice systems are perverse. They've Mm. tried, you know, they've tried all these different things, but the, all those systems were flawed. I mean, this is literally Um, the the feeling that they're experiencing is everything around me is crashing in Yeah, and uh, it's me, it's us against the world in some ways. And I mean, I don't want to undermine anybody's situation. We can feel that way often. But what you're saying is like, it's. This is not necessarily just for us. Of like, oh, I have a head cold. So that's the. Uh, but in some ways, we we see all aspects of our life through the lens of, when Christ comes, right. He will set all things mm-hmm. right. I can yeah. trust Him in that. And yeah, am I going to like take medicine for my head cold? Sure. Yeah. Am I going to try to help the the defend the poor mm-hmm. and those who are marginalized and oppressed? Absolutely but ultimately have to place my faith, not in what you said, like yeah. not in ourselves to control those situations, but to rest in the fact that Jesus is coming to right. bring his kingdom yeah. to earth.
1: That's good.
0: It's good stuff. It is. Uh, Chris, any final thing? I mean, we, we covered a lot. There's a lot
1: a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. You
0: know, it's good stuff.
1: I think one, one thing that we probably don't cover another aspect yeah. of this, because it's always interesting. You get to the very end of that verse and you're going to hear us not really talk a lot about that. Yeah. But where he says, you know, above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or earth. And yeah. he gets into this idea: let your yes be yes, and no be no, and all that kind of stuff. And there, there wasn't a lot of time to dig into that. But that was another theme, if you will, of just integrity and mm. honesty and those kind of things. Yeah. That, as I read that, I'm thinking, okay, that's that's another area of my life I have to be careful of as a genuine yeah. follower. It's like, am I am I being a person of integrity? Is am I being honest in my dealings? Right. Am I, you know? character tearing the telling the truth you know am i not exaggerating am i not puffing myself up so there's all Mm -hmm. those kind of things as you know as i reflect on all the learnings you know from this text that's one more i thought about that we don't give a lot of attention to but i think it's worthy of noting that this text does address as what a genuine follower looks like yeah you know
0: at the end of each of these kind of sections yeah james always throws in those those wise one-liners that you're like man Mm -hmm. that's good like and yeah. not just like, oh, that's good because it sounds good, but that's yeah. good because it's challenging right. for me because right. it makes me take stock in how is my character, how for is my sure. integrity? For sure, that's good. Thanks for your honesty in that. Yeah, your vulnerability. Appreciate that. Thanks for joining me today. Ah, oh, my pleasure, it's man. Been it's good been great. one on one, we didn't need a third person. Hey, today. I know we did a one on one. We did it fine. Exactly, we did it fine all by ourselves. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, listen, if a podcast like this has encouraged you or inspired you. Uh, take a minute to share it with somebody. Mm. Send, whether it's YouTube or Spotify or wherever you're listening or watching this, take the opportunity to share this with somebody who can be built up from it. Let's continue to download these things because we know that it's a way that we continue to grow into the image of Christ by learning and growing and becoming more like him. So thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.